checks and pumps. Good evening, everyone. Today in the studio with Paychecks, Parenting, and Pumps, we have Mr. Doug Lawson in the studio with us today. How are you today, sir? Hey, Ms. Denise, I'm doing well, thank you. Cannot complain at all. Awesome, awesome. Um, you're actually the first male that we've had on our show, so um, this is going to be real interesting, ladies. So tune in, get your ear real close to your um, device so you can hear what he, what he has to say. <laughs> <laughs> First, we'll start off with you. I know that you're um, an entrepreneur and, you know, councilman for um, City of Riviera Beach and your parents. So can you give us a little bit about um, you being an entrepreneur, how you got started, and then how that led into you going into politics? Yes, ma'am. So uh, thank you for having me, actually, today. And I'm glad that I could actually be important enough to actually ask these questions and try to just give some feedback. So um, entrepreneurship came at a young age. My father was an entrepreneur. Um, my mother was uh, uh, my mother is a nurse. So my father's an entrepreneur. So I've been around this type of business for years. I was actually able to learn, you know, both sides of it. Uh, my father had that entrepreneurial spirit, that dreamer, um, always looking at how to actually work outside the nine to five and essentially working the nine to nine shift. And then my mother just being dedicated to um, consistently working within the corporate world and just kind of staying on a structure and a schedule and seeing that both need to intertwine with um, each other. You have to have a structure and a schedule to what you do as an entrepreneur. Otherwise, you won't be successful. And you have to know that you have to work harder than, you know, what you would do in corporate America. So growing up as a kid, I learned about it. In my first two years out of college, I, I was working for a corporation as a business analyst, and I hated every bit of it just because it just wasn't fitting well with my spirit. It was good money as a, as a college graduate, but just knowing that there was more for me. So my father actually told me, you know, just come back to West Palm and, you know, train, learn the real estate market, learn the business and just kind of work down here. And my mother was sick at the time. So I said, you know what, I'm going to do it and came down and 15 years later, I've been uh, uh, self-employed. Wow. Wow. So you're into real estate. Yes, ma'am. So I actually have, um, uh, I'm a serial entrepreneur more so. I, uh, right. Own I I know you do more than that. <laughs> yeah, I have a, I have a um, real estate firm. Uh, we do uh, taxes and tax preparation, infinity tax and beyond. Um, I'm part owner of the Bamboo Room down in Lake Worth. It's an event space. Um, and I'm uh, currently elected official with the city of Rivera Beach. So uh, real estate, credit, taxes, uh, event space, and now an elected official. That's kind of a little bit of my background. Okay, so what led you into politics? That's right. I wanted to serve it. Well, it's the fact that I grew up here in the city. I went to Suncoast, and, and seeing the city look the exact same from when I was a kid is one of the things that kind of pushed me into that arena. Seeing that, seeing that uh, Rivera Beach looks how it did close to 30 years ago, um, uh, 20 years ago, is, it was just kind of frustrating. That's actually why I opened my tax office here because a lot of my client base, you know, they're the uh, lower, medium, moderate income. And those are the individuals that need additional support when it comes to finance, when it comes to uh, taxes, when it comes to investing in real estate. And I just wanted to just provide a support for them. And then seeing that the median income here in Rivera Beach was 22.5. So understanding that governance has to run and operate as a business. I've essentially been training for this for my entire life, that you have to be a servant leader, serve your people, and also you have to have a business mindset and acclimate to understand that we're working with the 80 
million dollar budget here in the city. So wow. you have to be humble. You have to be a servant to the community, and you have to know, you know, something about finance. I've I've operated different businesses successfully and employed over 150 people. So you have to understand that a city runs the exact same way. Otherwise, we won't be able to succeed. Awesome. And that's kind of that was my that was my push. You know, seeing that seeing that our city really needed that support and that guidance. And you know, I was I was blessed with the opportunity to employ people at a certain level, and I think uh, God gave me the opportunity to. Uh, hand me a little bit more responsibility. That's awesome. I also know that you're involved with the nonprofit that helps young black men. Can we talk a little bit yes. about that? <laughs> I forgot about that. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, we, uh, part of my business was uh, uh, actual mentoring uh, for young men. And we actually branched off to young women as well. Uh, Infinity Tax has actually started a program called Bridge to Infinity, which is a youth entrepreneurial camp, which teaches young men originally between the ages of 13 and 18 about credit, about finance, about um, investing, about, you know, just balancing a checkbook, writing a check, um, and about what it looks like to be a successful um, man or woman in our community, people that look like them, that, you know, have actually done something outside of what their parents or their teachers are teaching them, because, you know, that's the only thing that these kids see, their teachers and their parents. So that's what right. success looks like to them. So, you know, walking into a building and seeing a doctor, a lawyer, a realtor, a mechanic, um, a, a pastor, these are different things that they don't see on a regular basis. So right. it's really just kind of, you know, introducing them to that arena and saying, hey, this is what it looks like. Um, so we created a, a nonprofit called the Infinity Foundation about two years ago. And we've been running the bridge program for five years, but we actually rolled into the Infinity Foundation um, so that we could, you know, provide that as a catered service. Um, Infinity Foundation focuses on financial literacy for minorities in our community, but the bridge program is just one facet of it. Awesome. That's awesome. So you have expanded to um, helping young ladies as well. Yes, ma'am. We opened last year. We were able to actually launch um, with the partnership of Healthier Neighbors. Um, Ms. Jeanette Marshall, uh, she gave us the grant last year that actually allowed for us to expand the program. And we opened it up to young ladies last year. We were blessed to actually receive it again this year. So we're going to be trying to do the camp. We really want to focus on a way of doing it in person because virtually these kids are just tired of it. We want to yeah. focus on, you know, we want to, you know, be within compliance. We want to be CDC compliant. We want to make sure we keep everybody safe. But we got to find a way to connect with these young men and women because we're going to start losing them if we don't stay connected with them. Right. Yeah, that's tough. That's really tough. Yeah. Congratulations again on being a um, this year grant recipient with Healthier Neighbors. That's awesome. Thank you. It's really awesome. exciting because it helped tremendously. It actually allowed us to open up the camp to even more kids last year and also expand it to women last year. So that was amazing. This year, it, because of COVID, uh, because of social distancing, we're thinking about doing a two-week program. Um, and we're going to do it monthly where we stay engaged with kids and kind of connect with them every month. So it's really going to just allow for that support. Oh, that's great. So how do you, do, you, do you choose them or do they apply? How do they um, get involved? Well, normally we put out an advertisement to uh, social media or to just parents local in the community. They go onto the website and register. It's www.bridge2infinity.com. Okay. And then they can register the young men or young women into the program. We have space for about 40 kids this year. So we oh, want to wow. try to keep it evenly. Last year we did 20. Uh, so we want to expand it to 40 this year. Wow. That's awesome. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. So um, now let's talk about you being a parent, single parent. Yes. I know I see you and your little princess around. 
town. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah. how, how, has, how has being a parent shaped you as a, um, as a man, as a businessman, as a servant? I mean, what, what changed when you became a, a dad? It changed, it changed everything. Um, I was on a roller coaster, uh, rock star ride at, at the age of uh, 29. <laughs> <laughs> and and I just, nobody could tell me anything. And then, um, and then that little girl came into my life and that changed everything. Like I was actually the owner of a Mystique Lounge years ago with Darren Cummings. Um, and that was part of the reason that we decided to sell because that nightlife just wasn't made for a, a newborn. <laughs> they didn't care oh, that wow. you were getting home at, at four or five in the morning. They, they were up at 5.36 ready to go. So um, uh, her mom, uh, Madison's mom was actually in med school at the time. So I was I was taking care of Madison full time for the first five years, you know, um, just as 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 just the main support for that house because she was in med school and then she went to residency. So nice. it was it was interesting. It changed the entire dynamic and focus of how I operated and just the love and passion that I had for her was phenomenal. It's it still is this day. It grows every day because that's something that changes you being a being a parent, being a father to especially a little girl. Little right. girls just kind of do something to a man that softens them and teaches them. And I tell people all the time, she really showed me and taught me how to love. Coming from a, um, a Jamaican household, you know, my mother was, the, you know, the traditionally they say uh, Jamaican women are strong, they're, they're stern, they're, they're hard. Um, yes. And that was every bit of, that's every bit of my mom. <laughs> so right. my mother is that, that type of woman. So really learning and truly understanding how to love is what came when, when I had that little girl and just kind of changing how I look at things. Right. So you said being an entrepreneur is like a nine to nine um, job. Do you find mm-hmm. yourself um, lessening your hours so that you can balance spending time with her? And, you know, yes. how does that work for you? Absolutely. Um, I, I've had to. I had to start structuring my business to where I cut off certain times. Um, I take a day off. Like, literally, as an entrepreneur, you're going seven days a week. You forget that, you know, you have to take time to disconnect. So um, once, a, once a month, we'll, we'll take a weekend, uh, we'll take a weekend off completely, uh, Friday through Sunday, and just disconnect from the world. And then every three months, we'll take an entire week or two, just to kind of vacation. Because you have to kind of not lose yourself in work. Um, you don't want to just live to work. You want to enjoy life. And you want to make sure that you can kind of recoup and refresh yourself and revitalize just 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 re-energize essentially. And if you don't disconnect from your regular day-to-day activity, you're going to burn yourself out quickly. And that was one of the things that I had to realize: schedule times. Stop answering the phone at eight, nine, ten o'clock at night because a client expects you to be available. Have office hours. You know, really just kind of requiring that people respect your time. You're not going to lose a deal because you're not answering the phone at 10 o'clock at night. They can call you at 9 a.m. to mm-hmm. 5, 6, 7, whatever your schedules are. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that was one of the biggest things I learned, you know, in these years of, of business that you have to kind of make sure that people respect your time and you have to respect it yourself. Because if you don't have respect for your own time, you're not going to be successful. You're going to burn yourself out. You're going to think you're doing something, but then eventually you're going to just be tired of it. And you're going to either move on to something different or you're just going to give up on your dream. Where versus structuring, scheduling, and outlining exactly what you want to do and how you want to do it will allow for you kind of to establish that success. Yeah, those boundaries are important. Very, very important. Especially the family. Especially the family. Yes. Yes. That was actually my, 
one of my, my shortcomings in my uh, relationship with Madison's mom was that, you know, I, ha I had a business, I had my nightlife, so I was literally all, all over the place. So I wasn't able to focus on the family and commit to the family that I had at the time. So, and as a, as a young man and young mind with doing well financially, I was more focused and not understanding that I have to apply this to what's really important in life, which is your household, your family, which you get up and do this for every day. Absolutely. So can we talk a little bit about, because um, I know the statistics, um, you know, with, sync with women, 70% of black women are single. So how important is it to co-parent from a male perspective, to be a healthy co-parent? Because, the, yeah. you know, the child is the most important thing. Yeah. And you said it, that, that, that was something we learned early and, and quickly. Um, because uh, Madison's mom, my daughter's mom, is, is married now, and we have an amazing co-parenting relationship. Uh, I'll stay up there with them when I go up there. We uh, don't argue about schedule structure because we know what's priority. We have discussions when it comes to Madison's, but we're not going to argue about what's important to her anymore. We just know what needs to get done. Um, we may disagree, but we know that that's just part of the discussion. You disagree with your business partners, your friends, your family, so it's okay to disagree with your um with the, the person you're co-parenting with because essentially you guys are coming to a solution that's going to best be fit for your son or daughter. And it's been amazing, honestly. We have a great relationship when it comes to that. Um, I'm there for them. Uh, they're actually uh, expecting a baby right now, her first baby in the oh, marriage. Wow. So, so my daughter is excited to be a big sister now. And we've joked that they're going to, you know, drop off both kids for the summers <laughs> and holidays. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm, I'm here for it because at the same time, we're a blended family that, you know, we've gotten to this point. Awesome. Awesome. So everybody, please um, jot down some notes about that because we always hear of the, um, you know, the hard stories and the battles that go on, but it is possible to successfully co-parent. I, honestly, honestly, Ms. Denise, I think it takes a lot more on the man's side because of ego, because of pride, because of humbling ourselves to understand that this really has to be about your child. And on the, the mother's side to understand that it's really just about the child and not the relationship you had or um, the, the, the details that you guys went through or what you were put through. It's just really just trying to figure out how we can move together now and being adults, just, you know, acting like adults and growing up and saying, all right, we're going to talk about this. We're going to figure this out. And if we can't talk right now, we'll come back tomorrow and try again. But we're going to figure this out. Right, maturity. That's that's key. And then the definition of maturity being able to see something from another person's perspective. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. There it is. yeah. That's great. So um okay on the pumps part, can we talk a little bit about you dating, being a uh, <laughs> entrepreneur single entrepreneur, council person, business person. I know you got the women chomping at the bit. It's uh, you know, it was crazy because I literally wasn't able to date as I wanted to during um, the election time because was, there was no time to really date. Um, I am dating someone now, and it's 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 only because I've been able to schedule out my life a little bit and and you know discipline myself to a point of saying, okay, um, this is my work, this is my city time, and this is the time that I can dedicate to an individual. Right. Uh, because before it was, you know, you wake up in the morning. Um, you were, you know, knocking on doors, campaigning, going to work, trying to make regular money uh, with your job, and then going afternoon to campaign. And then once elected, you know, thank God getting into that seat, it's a learning curve because they don't have an instruction manual. They don't have a, a, 
a booklet that says this is how to be a councilman. Now you got to go learn how to actually serve the community on both right. sides. So that's why I spent the entire first year just really, really learning governance and learning and traveling to all the different places and, and working with some of the electors like Senator Powell and, and Mac Bernard and some of the individuals that are there and that have been there and leaning right. on them. And then some of my mentors um, that, you know, kind of helped me, like um, Michael Carter, he was one of the guys that pushed from the beginning, and even former Mayor Masters, he was a big advocate in showing me how to campaign. And then now learning governance has been something where I know that you have to be transparent, you have to be open and honest, and you have to be give full disclosure on everything. At the wow. same time, there's a difference. People see governance or they see politics as um, uh, where you're supposed to be just kind of, you know, giving out book bags, serving the community where it's really about policy making. You're worried about the next 40, 50, 60 years um, right. of what's gonna happen in our city. So that's what our role is supposed to be. So all that time is what I spent kind of learning. So it was difficult today, you know? Right, but, right. So, but now it's, it's a little easier because I have more of a grasp on it and an understanding. So it's just knowing who you are, where you are, not wasting people's time. Because at the time I caught myself wasting individuals' time or women's time because I was not ready to focus on a relationship because I had so much more. And I was just like, okay, now that I have some clarity and direction and understanding that maturity that you spoke about, I can actually, you know, just focus on a, a one individual as opposed to just dating random people. <laughs> right, right. Wow, wow. So this has been um, a really, really um, great discussion. Um, so. I don't want to keep you too long, but do you have any parting words for us, you know, as we're going through this time of uncertainty and to the listeners and, you know, to the men who may be coming against some challenges, you know, with work because of the pandemic or just because of the whole situation, being in the house, you know, all the time and how that can, like you said, how it's affecting the kids. Do you have any parting words for our audience um, as yeah. we move forward, especially in, in Palm Beach County with the numbers being so high? The, the, you said a mouthful, Ms. Denise. I'm, I want everybody, number one, to just be prayed up. Um, use this time, like, I've actually lost some weight. I've been back in the gym because I'm just working on my mental health, my health and wellness, um, spiritually, emotionally, um, personally. And our families are, are getting hit hard. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> Sorry, I'm back. Somebody tried to call me. Um it's just people getting tired of each other because now you're just stuck in the house seeing each right. other every day. <laughs> so right. it's letting people know that this is the time to really reassess where you are, what you're doing, and focus on what's important. So being patient, being being humble, uh, staying staying in the word, staying prayed up, staying in a position where it's just you're committed to your goals and what God has in store for you. Um, this COVID is something that none of us have experienced. So there's no instruction manual for any of us. There's no rule book that we're supposed to be following. So this is actually, it's, it's exciting because we can connect in different ways that we never would have thought, like Zoom calls, you know, doing conference calls, doing telecalls is, is something that's actually new and innovative and interesting because now we are actually connecting more with people than we were right. in the past. So that's actually really good now. Um, in addition to just reminding people that, you know, jobs are going to come back, applying for these grants, making sure that your business and credit are in a good position. Right now is the best time to fix your credit. You know, send out these dispute letters. Try to get yourself into a position where you get your credit score up. We're 
or we're definitely in, in, in part for some type of a recession coming. So start to put your savings aside, have your credit in position, because they say that during these times is when the rich get richer. So be one of the people that are going to capitalize on actually a market, you know, going through a decline being prepared, getting a trade, getting certified, studying, reading, you know, doing certain things that's going to help improve your quality of life so that when we get out of this, you're actually better than you were before you went in. Wow. Thank you, Mr. Lawson, for your time. And it's been great. And I know our audience has enjoyed our um, discussion. And we um, really like the opportunity to get, get to know you a little bit better. So thank you thank so much. Mr. Nice, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And if you ever need me, just give me a shout. Or I'll jump on a Zoom with you. And one day we can um, all connect again in person. <laughs> I know. So we can go back to the restaurant with um, with right? our friend and meet famous right? people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited about that. <laughs> right, right. Okay, have a great <laughs> afternoon. Thank you. All right, Mr. Nice, thank you. Checks and pumps.